This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Good morning. Coming up on the program today, Jeff Turn sits down with Sioux Falls Mayor Paul Tenhagen to talk about the latest city happenings. Yeah, I want to jump around with you a little bit as we always do. And, and actually, I, I want you to be my agent. I saw recently you were able to get, I think, like $47 trillion for uh, you know construction and thing in the cities. Uh, I, I may be mistaking that with the infrastructure bill nationally, but you did get a lot of money to improve things throughout the city. In all seriousness, why is it essential that that we go in this direction? I know you're talking about years to come, but but why put so much money into roads and everything else uh, as as you have proposed? Yeah, you know the city budget that we we presented to the council. We're in budget hearings right now. Has the the largest portion of it or percentage of it dedicated to roads and streets than any time in the history of the city, and th- and that's important for a couple reasons. One is. Uh, there's there's two things that people really expect from their city government, man. They expect good infrastructure. They want the water to run, they want the clothes to flush, and they want the roads to be smooth. And if you're not doing that, nothing else matters to them. People expect that. Second thing they expect always is to feel safe. They want good public safety. They want to feel safe in their community. And so when I came into office, you know, about three, three and a half years ago now, that was a theme. People said, I want to see you spend some money on roads. Our roads are neglected. We need to spend more on infrastructure. And I've listened to that, and we've put a lot into infrastructure. And very rarely does someone reach out to my office and say, why are you putting so much money into infrastructure and roads? We should be putting more into you know XYZ quality of life initiative. I'm not saying those aren't important, but at the very base core of a city is its infrastructure. And that's why we're putting a lot of funds towards that the last few years. When it comes to that, too, I think that's part of, of, of what happens when a city grows like Sioux Falls has. And maybe you didn't have to allocate that stuff before because you had less people on the roads. You had less people using the infrastructure. But along with that, as we're trying to catch up, is Sioux Falls growing too fast with too many people on the roads, too many things happening? Yeah, it's a great question, Jeff. It's, and it's a great point. I, I don't know if I'd say we're growing too fast, but I will say that growth, there's a lot of cost that come with growth. So when we do, you know, a record number of building permits that we've done this year for houses and for apartments and commercial building permits, well, all those record number of permits need infrastructure, they need sewer, they need roads, they need curb and gutter. And and we live in a low tax state. We're 6.5%, you know, as our sales tax, there's no state income tax. I was talking with a guy from Chicago the other day and he said the the city sales tax is like 11 and a half percent there. (laughs) Yeah, right. You know, and so think what we would do with double the sales. Right. So we got to be so, so incredibly smart and wise with where we put money because we live in a low tax state, which I think we all appreciate and enjoy. But because of that, the strategic way in which you spend that is so important. So the growth, I will tell you, if people ask me what the number one challenge in this community right now is, it's dealing with the challenges of growth. Uh, we're just we're growing at a very rapid pace and making sure that that growth does not change the cultural fabric of Sioux Falls that we all enjoy, you know, low, low crime, low tax community, good roads, good infrastructure, a big, small town. I think we all like that. We describe Sioux Falls that way, uh, working hard to make sure it stays that way while still enjoying the benefits of growth. I love that. Sioux Falls Mayor Paul Tenhaken with us here. And, and along with that growth comes, you know, new endeavors like Amazon, Chase Bank. I saw the CEO came to town this week. Furniture Mart's expansion. 
I know business is booming. By the way, how's your waistline from all these spreads at the ribbon cuttings? It's it's been better. I'm not <laughs> <lie to> you. <laughs> I mean, every I day, that, man, I see you I taking used, pictures at these things, man. I know they I got know. good spreads at those things. They do, and I used to never touch sweets. I'm just like nutty sweets, and now they're like, "Oh, have this cookie with our logo on. Oh, here's a brownie with our, you know, tagline on it." I'm like, "Oh, what the heck? I'm here." It's so, great, man. I I'm love trying it. to watch it. I love it, man. What about the job market, though? Uh, where are we at with regards to these businesses coming in and being able to find employees, or the existing businesses being able to fill those vacancies as well? Yeah, you know, we're hovering around two and a half percent unemployment right now. So, the, if you Oh, want a job? There is a job for you somewhere in this community. Uh, you don't have to look too hard to find one. Um, so why we're focusing a lot of time on housing too, as well, because people are wanting to move to Sioux Falls right now. There's a big influx in folks moving here, honestly, because somewhat of the the, the political climate. I mean, people know schools are going to be open here. Uh, school district here has already announced, you know, it's a mask optional climate, and to some people, that's an, that's attractive, and so. We've seen a record number of inbound people moving here. So we're going to continue, I think, to be able to fill these jobs that we're creating, but it's not going to be easy. And we don't want it to be at the expense of existing businesses. So trying hard not to cannibalize existing businesses so employees just hop from an existing business to a, you know, the new shiny employer and then leave a vacancy on the other end. So how we do that is we continue to invest in a community with you know, good culture and arts amenities safe community, good education system, good infrastructure that makes us attractive to live in. And we're seeing more young people who are wanting to either come back or stay here upon graduation. That's a trend that, you know, we talk about the brain drain. Uh, We've had to work hard to make Sioux Falls a place where people want to stay and live. And you've seen that trend shift over the last several years. And so some of the investments we continue to make are those that will make us attractive to that next generation of workforce. But certainly, certainly growing that employment base, Jeff, it's going to be a big one because we got a couple thousand jobs showing up in this community in the next couple of years with new employers. And that's in addition to companies that are already expanding. So that's going to be a top priority for us. And I know from a perspective of, of Sioux Falls being a cool place for younger people to live, when I was, when I was growing up, it was, you know, you, you finished at Roosevelt High School, you maybe went to SDSU USD, went to another school in the region, but you tried, tried to do something different. The way that downtown has been revived, accompanied with the way that people can live from a housing perspective and a quality of life. I mean, you know, the things that maybe you would, you'd go after. And I know that the, the, the job of the city isn't to brand the city as cool, but some of the things that, that you do to make it more attractable kind of falls into that line. And, you know, when you, when you talk to people under the age of 30 about Sioux Falls, it's a different narrative than it was 20 years ago. And I think that's a really good thing. Paul Tenhaken with us here, mayor of Sioux Falls. Let's talk about the crime for a second. You, you mentioned three, three, three and a half years ago, you took office from when you took office to now, How different would you categorize the crime situation? You know, I would say, you know, we still struggle with some of the same types of crime. 90% of our violent crime has a narcotics thread woven through it. That's why I've always been kind of a bullish on narcotics and supporting our narcotics crimes unit that we put into place when I got into office and, you know, the street crimes unit and so forth and making sure they're resourced. But where we have seen an increase, Jeff, is in violent youth crime. Uh, And that's really where... If I had a primary concern right now, it's that. It's, it's maybe kids in the 14 to 21-year-old age range that uh, some of them, you know, act like violent criminals. Some of our hardest criminals in this community are, are youth. And so it's why we started things like the Sioux 52 Mentorship Initiative, and it's why we're 
you know, working with some new programs to get more uh, soccer programs to different parts of the community to give kids constructive outlets, you know, in which to do things. Um, but that the focus on youth uh, in youth crime is going to be something I'm going to be paying some extra attention to here uh, in my time ahead, because if we don't get a handle on that when they're 14 to 17, uh, then they turn into adult criminals, uh, and then they are a real strain on the system. It makes the community unsafe. So that's something we're going to be looking at. And I've seen the pictures, too, that, that you have taken with those that are coming from other communities to work in law enforcement. How different is that from three years ago in regards to the ability to attract people to come here and work in that line of work? Yeah, that's really been an interesting trend. I would say uh, two or three years ago, it was very rare that we got anyone transferring from another law enforcement agency outside of the state. And, you know, we've had transfers from Louisiana, I mean, Oakland, a couple from Albuquerque coming up, Philadelphia, Denver, uh, of course, some from Minnesota that want to come and, you know, be law enforcement officers in this community and in the state, because I think we've, we've struck this balance where it's like, hey, we hold our law enforcement accountable, but we also support them. And I think a lot of communities, uh, I'll pick on the Philly officer, for example, that just came from Philly. She's like, she's like, Paul, I've never even met my police chief in over five years working there. What? Uh, and what? Yeah. yeah. What? You know, and she's like, what? So, so they, the, the chief is, you know, in that situation was really close with the mayor, but wasn't close with the rank and file. And there was just this kind right. of disconnect. And, yeah. So how do you feel if your chief doesn't even really support you? How do you really feel supported right. as an officer in the community? So really interesting dynamics in some of those communities. And I'm trying really hard to make sure we know that our officers are empowered and appreciated here, which, which they are. But like I said, we hold them accountable too to do the right things in this community, which uh, which they've shown time and time again that they do. Yeah, man, I'll tell you that salary that they were getting it as a police officer in Philly, it goes a lot more here in South Dakota too for what totally. they can get totally. for, for their quality yeah. of life, man. Outside of uh, when they're when they're working, and you don't have to cheer for the Eagles. That's here. right. I mean, what a know? deal that is, man. And you <laughs> you don't have to deal with their fans. <laughs> Even That's better, right. Paul Tenaken with That's us, right. Mayor Sioux Falls. I want to get to COVID next. Um, the, the vaccination conversation is front and center in sports. It's front and center in life. Uh, wh- what do you think that the, the city of Sioux Falls can do, or even yourself in a position of leadership, to sort of improve vaccination hesitancy working alongside maybe our health providers like Sanford and Avera? Yeah, you know, that, that topic's such a challenging one because there's not many things people have not heard at this point about the vaccine that will sway their opinion. You know, it's a, and so a politician saying, hey, you should get vaccinated. I don't think there's a lot of people that at this point say, you know what, the mayor said it now, maybe I will do it. So we're trying to figure out what is a better way to do that and what do the pocketed communities in Sioux Falls need to hear. So we're doing more focus groups. Our new public health director is going into Smithfield, I think actually this week, to talk to different populations there and say, what's the hesitancy in the economic community? What's the hesitancy in the Ethiopian community, you know, in the different communities of color? Try and figure out what narrative do we have to craft individually instead of some blanket approach, which we assume works for everyone. Like the different segments, whether it's with young people or whether it's with immigrant populations, all need different messages. So we're doing that right now. You know, the other thing that has to happen, Jeff, a little bit, and unfortunately, you see situations like in Florida and Missouri where their cases are really skyrocketing. And that's been a wake-up call for people to say, okay, maybe it is time. Yeah, you saw like a so 21% increase uh, in vaccinations in a week when the numbers skyrocketed. I think you're good. And I'll, I'll interject and say this. I think that's such a great approach to go about it. I mean, I clearly have my own positions on it, and sometimes I get frustrated, and, and I'll say, like, listen, just get vaccinated. I'm tired of hearing the excuses. I want to move through this pandemic. But you're, you're talking blanketed to so many different people. 
And, you know, I think initially people thought, you know, rednecks in the middle of nowhere are the ones that aren't going to get vaccinated. But we've clearly seen the the ethnic populations have concerns and the way that you approach them differently can't just go, oh, minorities need to hear this. It's every segment of the population may need to hear right. something different that allows them to get over it. I agree with you, man. Me gas bagging on ESPN radio and, and, and making a joke or telling someone to get vaccinated. They don't go all of a sudden while they're listening to me. Damn. Jeff said it later today. I'm going to go do it, man. Cause right. Jeff's been saying right. it for five months, man. So like, it doesn't really matter. It's maybe more of a venting process for us that are getting frustrated, but I like that philosophy, man. The diversification of trying to, to present those ideas is probably a better approach. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm not, I don't have so much bravado to think that, my message and my words carry clout with everybody because <laughs> there's some people that it's the opposite. Right. People don't trust politicians. Sure. People don't trust politicians. Yeah. So like he said it, I'm not going to do it. That guy's a joker. I, you know, I'm not going to listen to him. So we have to be cognizant of that. So, okay, if you won't listen to me, who will, maybe there's an ambassador in your community that we can kind of deputize to help bring some messaging forward. So it's not coming from, you know, a mayor, but maybe it's come from a community leader who can help us carry that message forward. That's a very good point. By the way, is there any scenario you could see where mass mandates find their way back to Sioux Falls? Uh, I, I'm one guy who will never say never. So, but probably never. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> you know, never. I, 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 yeah, I think that ship has sailed here. I mean, the ship has failed. When you look at the number of vaccinations we've had coupled with the number of people that have the natural antibodies from uh-huh. having COVID, um, we're very high percentage, you know, of, of people that have either been vaccinated or have had COVID. So the, the thought of masking and bringing a mask mandate forward in any way, man, I don't expect to see that from my office. Yeah, Last year, this year, I'm just happy my kids are going to school, man. I can promise you that. Amen, <laughs> Amen yeah, to that, buddy. Right. Uh, man, we had football right. last night. Uh, Paul Tenhaken with us, Mayor of Sioux Falls. College football around the corner. Got some NFL last night. High school football coming up. And I just kind of wanted to – wrap up the the talk about getting through COVID with the feeling that we have here in August, different conversations I know in your office, but with all those sports things about to happen, being able to go out to Howard Wood field for, for multiple president's day games, everything else, it just feels different right now, Paul. And that's a good thing. It does. I mean, sports is just, it's a normalcy part of our society. I mean, when we football starts in the fall and then basketball starts in the winter, and then we have track in the spring, we have Legion baseball in the summer. Those are like seasons for us. And when we can have those normal events, those community gathering events, you know, especially in a lot of our small communities, those communities unite around athletics. And so the fact that we can get kids out and playing again, uh, and hopefully in a safe fashion, God, it feels good because I really, I really felt for the kids last year that had to, you know, do away with their fall football seasons or they couldn't have the normal championship experiences because sports is a big part of my life growing up and. Uh, I, I I would have really been bummed out if that was the case. So I'm I'm happy for these kids and, and both in high school and college, I can get back on the field and play. Yeah, especially around here, man. We get all those fans back. It'll be a lot of fun. Can't wait to be at the homecoming out at West Central in Hartford. Can't wait to make it over to Howard Wood Field and stuff my face full of hot dogs and popcorn. Hey, uh, Paul, you want to tell us like any any mayor plans in the future yet? Like anything official? You know, uh, I I will say probably in the next. Uh, next month or so, All right. uh, I'll be kind of finalizing that right. decision. I, I've been raising a little money, you know, right. just trying to get get ready. So we'll see, man. Uh, but it's been a it's been a lot easier time in the chair the last four or five months <laughs> compared to the previous year. Makes I'll you a little more that. motivated to try that thing again, huh? Yeah, my gray hair is still there, but it's been a little easier. Hey, man, so. always good to hear. Hey, you can always have my job and get on a stage and let a UFC fighter punch you. Dude, that was that was awesome. I was at that, uh, man, and I'm like, I bet you had a huge just 
strawberry on your arm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my wife oh, called God. me an idiot when I got home. Listen, that's what we as men do. We just have <laughs> stuff for a laugh. So. Hey, Paul. Or be, for money in this case. In case, no doubt, man. Be well, buddy. Thanks for the time today. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. I'm being joined by Matt Cook. He is on the board with the Falls Area Bicyclists, otherwise known as FAB. Hello. I'm really excited to be here and uh, share a little bit more about FAB. Let's start off with this question. Tell me about the Falls Area Bicyclists group. So the Falls Area Bicyclists, also known as FAB, is a organization of people who love to ride bike, who love to support bicycle-friendly policies mm-hmm. in government, and uh, who love to see people um, getting outside um, and being active in their community. It is run by a group of volunteers. Um, I am on the board as the communications director, and um, we truly just try and make the Sioux Falls area a better place to be outside and a better place to be on a bicycle, because. Let me tell you, Sioux Falls is beautiful on yeah, a bike. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially with those trails and stuff like that. Yeah, and there's the trails are amazing. I am so grateful for our trail system, and it keeps growing. Um, the city of Sioux Falls will be expanding the trail out to Family Park on the north side of town. But there are also some really cool areas of town just to ride around. So how many bikers strong is FAB? FAB is currently at a membership of a... 150. Oh, wow. Uh, But we are always looking to welcome new members. We have members who have been with us for many years, and we have people who are just like, I never knew you existed. This is amazing. So we're always uh, welcoming new people. So what do you think the purpose of this organization here is? To me, FAB is community. It is bringing together like-minded people and trying to make a change in our community. So many people here in Sioux Falls will look at the bike trail and say, well, that's great. But think about how did we get to having an amazing an amazing trail system here in Sioux Falls? Mm-hmm. It was through community members reaching out and saying, hey, we should do something. We should do something. So we um, try and be that sense of community and then that home that will reach out and say, hey, so things we're doing is we are, um, we added bicycle parking at the Levitt. Uh, so you can, the Levitt shell is just off the trail. Mm-hmm. Just hop it off, off at the Raven building and you're right there. So we added parking. We're working on adding fix-it stations to various locations around town, uh, talking to the city about um, continued improved infrastructure, whether it's trails, um, signage markings on streets and town, bicycle routes. So we're involved in a lot of that uh, effort as well. What about the educational side of things? Educational side. So a lot of our education, we, we've we been running a please don't squeeze campaign for the past couple of years. Uh, we also are running ads on two of the Sioux area metro buses uh, with our please don't squeeze campaign. We're also educating people with hands-on when they show up to our events. Mm -hmm. We work a lot with the other groups here in town, uh, Falls Area Single Track, uh, FAST, RASDAC, the Ride Across South Dakota. And the Please Don't Squeeze campaign, I'm assuming that's about sharing the road? Yes, exactly. So South Dakota, in South Dakota, a bicycle is considered a vehicle. And there is what's called like a passing law where it is the law to give a bicyclist space. If you are going 35 miles an hour or under, you are required to give three feet of space. If you're going over that speed, 
you are required to give six feet of space. It is also on the bicyclist when, and when they're riding out on the highway and stuff to ride as close to the shoulder as is practicable mm-hmm. so that we can share the road and play nice. In the city of Sioux Falls, you are allowed to take the lane. Um, so perhaps you've seen signs around town uh, that says it's a picture of a bike and it's bike may use full lane. A bicycle is allowed to do that. Please give them space. Please give them time. Uh If they're going up a hill, many of us don't have motors. (laughs) If you are just listening, Matt Cook with Fab is with me in the studio. He's also on the board with Fab as the communications director. So it's actually an interesting story about how we came together. I believe it was Jeff Mersh. Am I saying that name right? Mersh. Who reached out to me after an article titled, is it legal to ride a bicycle on Sioux Falls sidewalks were released. There was also a previous article that I admitted that I wrote about um, just driving on the roads in South Dakota if, if bikes are allowed to be physically on the roads in South Dakota. And that also created a conversation way before the sidewalk article. So I, I guess what made Fab want to come on this program just to kind of get this message across? Well, part of it is We are constantly looking for ways to reach a new audience. The way social media works is you're often preaching to your own audience. You're creating your own echo chamber. Great, we can push this uh, messaging to our and our education to our members, and that's amazing. But many of them are also being like, yeah, we get it. How do we share the fact that we exist and we get our message out to more people and therefore grow the community that appreciates um, what we're doing? Because there are many communities in the upper Midwest, like Madison, Wisconsin, that have an amazing bicycle culture. We want to bring that awareness and that vibrancy Mm -hmm. to the Sioux Falls area. When I wrote my article about riding your bikes on the roads in South Dakota, it was actually an interesting day. So it was raining, believe it or not. Rain seems like something that hasn't happened in years here. (laughs) But it was raining and there was a bicyclist in front of me on the road on, you know, 57th and Louise. And I'm thinking, gosh, like, I know that it's okay, but like, don't you want to be on the side of the road or on the sidewalk, especially when it's these hazardous conditions? And and I did say exactly what you were saying about the rules of the road and stuff like that. And just go through that one more time if you can. Yeah. So the rules of the road in the state of South Dakota, bicyclists are considered uh, riding a vehicle. Um, and so they are allowed to be on the streets. There is a passing law that requires that a driver going 35 miles an hour or slower give three feet of space if they're going faster than that they need to give six feet of Mm -hmm. space Uh, on the highways it is also a requirement of the bicyclist to ride as close to the shoulder as is practicable Uh, sometimes south dakota shoulders aren't that great so you might see a bicyclist drift away from the shoulder just a little bit so you can ride them on the highway too yes uh i recently there are rides here in the state i recently completed one at the beginning of june that was called rasdak the ride across south dakota where we took local highways and we rode across the state uh the route for uh 2021 took us from uh pollock way up on the North Dakota border Mm -hmm. along the Missouri, and we ended in Vermilion. 
Okay. How was that ride? Um, it was the week uh, in June that was extremely hot <laughs> with many days of headwinds out of the south I at bet. 20 miles an hour. So a friend of mine says it, it felt like a hairdryer so all week. it was week. perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so w- what discussions were Fab having when both of these stories were released? Because obviously there's a reason why you guys reached out to me to even come on this program. Yeah, it's um, we like to see like... Well, who's who's asking the questions? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to find the people of, well, who's engaging? Who's asking? Who's, you know, like who even wants to know what's going on? And then we're there to be like, hey, we have an answer for you. Yeah. Many times drivers aren't aware or drivers just don't care. So would you say, Fab, their biggest impact here in the Sioux Empire would be about providing that education to let people know this is what we can do. So this is what you should do in order to keep us bicyclists safe. Yes. In the past, Fab used to be just like kind of a a club um, where it was just focused on like the group riding and stuff. And that's still a very strong part of who we are. But we are also um, starting to engage more and more on the advocacy, on the messaging, on the engagement seeing how we can grow the community and make it safer for all, whether you know who Fab is or what Fab does or not. If you are just listening to us, Matt Cook, he is the communications director with Fab that's on the board and it's Falls Area Bicyclist. So there are some facts about biking in the city that we touched on and throughout the state that people may not know about, but there are also some myths that are out there that you just want to bust. So what are those myths? Myth number one, a bicycle is required to be on the sidewalk. A bicycle can be in the street. A bicycle can take the lane. A bicycle can ride in the middle. Bicycles are not allowed on the interstate in the state of South Dakota um, because I can't ride 40 miles an hour as the minimum speed. Yeah. Some of the reasons I've always wondered is um, if somebody comes to me and is yelling at me and I go, well, why are you yelling at me? Is it because I'm slow? Well, if a vehicle were to be driving that slow, you would go around them. Is it because I'm small? Well, you pass mopeds and motorcycles all the time. Or is it just the fact that I'm riding a bicycle and you view it as a toy? That's one of the things we engage a lot with is people, a lot of people view a bicycle as a toy, as a recreational vehicle, um, because that's what they grew up with. And that's how they still ride. But for several others, a bicycle is a primary mode of transport i have a friend here um who just who left town recently and for the first two years i knew him he didn't own a car he did everything by bike and so that's one of the myths as well is like you can ride a bike and it's it is a vehicle it's a myth that you have to have expensive equipment you do not If it's got two wheels and rolls, it's called a bicycle. What are some basic tips for drivers to remember when they do see bicyclists on the road? Slow down. (laughs) Number one. That's it. Please slow down. Please slow down. Please don't squeeze. Many drivers are great. We have some wonderful drivers here in town. Sometimes where things get a little iffy is if there is a vehicle oncoming as well. And then they do the Midwestern, oh, I'm just going to squeeze by you here and uh, scooch around. (laughs) Don't do that. Wait behind. Let the oncoming vehicle pass. And then you can go around. 
Trust me, the bicyclists will thank you. You think about it, we've done conversations as well about school zones and slowing down. Slowing down for a school zone adds like maybe 10 seconds to your journey. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Are you so impatient that 10 seconds is not worth you regarding somebody else's health, life, and safety? But why do you think this organization here in Sioux Falls is so important? It's a sense of community. Mm -hmm. Um, Community is so empowering to individuals. Some people like to do things alone, um, but I've found that for myself... I'm less inclined to do something if it's just for me, if I'm, you know, alone. It works really well to bring people together. Um, And our voices are stronger uh, when they're a chorus instead of a solo. The city of Sioux Falls has had uh, ordinances that have come up and about uh, transportation issues in Sioux Falls, such as uh, scooters downtown, um, e-bikes on the trails. And FAB has been a voice that has been very prominent in uh, sharing the opinions of our members um, and of our directors and of the message that we want to go in. For example, e-bikes. Two years ago, e-bikes were not allowed on the trail, but e-bikes are a growing percentage of the bicycle community. Matt, where can people go find out more information about the Falls Area Bicyclists? Uh, we are on Facebook, and then you can find us on our website, fallsareabicyclist.org. All right, Matt Cook, thank you so much for joining us today. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.